Hi, welcome to Concession Impressions, your one-stop shop for all film opinions that you need to know. My name is Michelangelo White, uh, and I'm joined, as always, with... Me, Charles Halbeck. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Today, we are reviewing the movie Don't Worry Darling, also known as DWD. Have you have people ever said that? Not that I'm aware. Oh, okay. You know, I always could never remember the name of this film, you know, and then DWD, Don't Worry Darling, kind of made sense a little bit. But I think what the true name of this film is, is not Don't Worry Darling. DWD made, I can finally figure out what the name is after watching the film. It's Don't Watch This Film. Good <laughs> joke. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, well, it's so interesting because this film, the script for this film was like a very hot script. The Blacklist is a, a place where screenwriters can post scripts for review and possibly get them picked up by um, studios. And it was like the hottest script on the Blacklist for a very long time. And so I'm very curious, having seen the final product now, I really want to go back and read the script, which I haven't read yet, and see if my suspicion of this just not being direct specifically enough is the issue as opposed to the story itself being just kind of boring because that was my overall impression of the film in one word was I was bored yeah you know I hate to say this and especially like in a movie theater sense that there are several times during the film that I wanted to look at my phone to Mm -hmm. see what time it was because I was like, I know this movie is two hours long. For some reason, it started feeling like two hours and 30 minutes. Oh, it it definitely (laughs) feels longer than two hours, but it is two hours. And I think, but there's like different times where I was like, "Uh, when is this movie going to be over? Like, I'm kind of done with this now. Like, I don't know. There are so many problems with it. I hope that wasn't actually, from what you just said, I feel very, um, you know, not high hopes for this blacklist. Was that what you called it? Yeah, blacklist is is a website. Mm Mm-hmm. I if I feel like if this was a hot movie then I also would want to read the script because I feel like it didn't feel like it was a good script or it had some like interesting ideas perhaps but I feel like none of that came to life in the actual product right and I just think wasn't interesting and also didn't really make sense for a lot of parts like it felt very like here's your Hollywood film wrapped for you here's a fork let me cut the steak for you kind of situation (laughs) you know it it certainly felt a little spoon fed especially towards the end and the without spoiling too much this film is more or less basically the movie a combination of the movies what was that movie called Stepford Wives mixed with Gaslight another famous movie from like the 1940s mixed with Black Mirror that's basically what this movie is trying to be conceptually oh Black Mirror maybe that's where I kept thinking like this feels like I've watched this before that's that is the whole problem is that I can point to a scene and be like oh this is exactly a scene from Black Black Mirror Mirror. this is exactly a scene from from Stepford Wives this is exactly a scene that is analogous to Gaslight mm-hmm. and it's not like at any of these movies are horrible references they're all great references and this movie I think has a lot of things going for it it just doesn't land the plane it's <laughs> uh, a, a joke if nice. you've seen the movie <laughs> then, um, <laughs> which that is another thing is that a lot of the details never get picked up or fully explained which is this that is one of my biggest qualms with this whole movie because this whole movie is essentially a mystery movie right is it doesn't have any detective 
witness uh-huh. detecting mm-hmm. done throughout the movie at all. And so you're just left like really confused and lost until the last 30-ish, 45-ish, whatever minutes. And then at that point, everything starts twisting in these unexpected, unearned ways in terms of character. The movie does a lot of random surreal moments, mm-hmm. but those are never really fully developed. And I I say I'm on the fence. I, I, I wasn't like entertained at all really through this but if you really like Florence Pugh who she's pretty great throughout this I think she absolutely carries the whole movie any moment that I was even about to be entertained was because of her and uh the rest of the movie I just don't watch it just just watch Stepford Wives watch uh Gaslight much better movies okay Gaslight is where we get the term gaslighting by the way oh it comes from that movie yeah Uh uh-huh Interesting. Yeah, should we just go into the spoiler section? Wait, hold on, hold on. Before I want to get into that, I feel like we should give, for the viewers who haven't watched the film yet, whatever kind of summary we can give of this film. I feel like this is probably the hardest film for me so far to, like, give a summary of. Cool. So, the movie we watch is Don't Worry Darling. To give a brief summary, it follows two characters, a couple, who live a perfect life and the wife is slowly starting to unravel and question the questionable life that they're living. It's too perfect to be real in a way. Yeah. And this is this is like she doesn't necessarily question anything. It just slowly starts to unravel around her. Yeah, that's the she doesn't have much of a character, which is surprising that she comes off so likable and is sort of engaging. And that's all just down to Florence Pugh being an incredible actress. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any moments where she seems to be... Well, she has a few towards the end, but for most of the movie, she doesn't have any moments where she seems to be like having any kind of dreams of her own, any kind of character motivation, any kind of anything, which I, I, I suppose is sort of part of the point but it's too long that we get that kind of feeling we have we spend too much time with that version of this character and we should have had more development sooner yeah and with various little things like i like like there are these little moments early on that could have been really interesting like the eggs cracking and there's nothing inside of them the the plane crashing uh and we we'd see it disappear and we don't know where it went uh, how does somebody lose a son and have that have no repercussions whatsoever throughout the rest of the town? The the fact that the town is shaped like this perfect spiral. The different characters that work throughout the town that seem to have no lives whatsoever. This is why I'm really curious to see how the script is written. Is because those are a lot of things that are are video game things, and I think potentially Olivia Wilde who I actually am I, I really like Olivia Wilde as an actress at least as a person I have no idea about her um, as a director I'm mixed on her but I've been a fan of her ever since she was 13 uh, not age 13 her character named 13 on House great character had a lot of fun with her anyway but yeah so I think a lot of these things were meant to be like little subtle hints that oh this is all a virtual world that that we We haven't even done spoiler warning yet okay I guess not this this whole episode is is we we, we've we were sucked into this movie too much Chase the the movie that we just watched had I think terrible like pacing and and like yeah storytelling and it was just all over the place and it's messing with us chase we're we're having a, a unorganized episode <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, fair warning, spoilers from here on out. Uh, we already gave our reviews, which is don't watch this film. Okay, so you were saying that this is, the biggest spoiler is that it's all a simulation. Just yeah. like our real life. <laughs> right, we're all in the Matrix. It just, it takes too long to get there, and there's no steps along the way in which you're given, like, an interesting mystery, an interesting build. It just, like, in the third act, it, like, twists, and it starts revealing all these characters that happen to know it's real, and, yeah. and they just guide her along the way. And then it starts, um, and then, like, I think the, the most unearned thing was when she, after she kills her husband and is getting away, um, this is the, the, like, final event of the movie all the wives turn around and they're now on her side I guess or like they're disobeying their husbands or somehow no longer under the spell that this technology puts them under and that felt totally unearned like, that's what I was saying in the beginning that it just felt like so spoon like oh there's only we just spent the first hour and 40 minutes just like doing nothing yeah. alright here let me just like quickly wrap everything up in a, a neat little uh, yeah, the ni- nice the little, little bow. bow. Clearly, so, you hated this film, I, I, which I find so interesting. Because I just find it just like I think it's a the, very meh film. It was the biggest letdown so far. Because also, I will say that I am a fan of Harry Styles. Not his music. I don't even... Is he is he One Direction guy? Is that who he is? Yeah, but he's left One Direction. He's on his yeah. own. He's a solo act now. Uh-huh. Okay, so I've never listened to his music Probably, I probably heard it. I mean, he's probably famous enough that I've heard some one of his song, top songs or some of that. But I, I think he's like the quote unquote most famous man in the world right now. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Right? Well, he, him, and Chris Pine's wife in the movie were both in Eternals last year. Jim Chan. Before. Yeah. But also, he was in Dunkirk. I thought he did a really good job in that it film. It was a very small role in Dunkirk, but it was a really he did a good job. I think he did a good job in that film. I, I actually liked it. I was like, wow, he's he's doing good. Um, so I was excited to watch him in this film, and I do think he also did a good job. Like, yeah, I, I think nothing in this film was really that good, in my opinion. So, but I, I don't know it just like it was the biggest letdown of this year for me. I think I was excited for this film, and I kind of was heavily let down so i i mean i i didn't really care for his acting in this that much i think he is passable as an actor but i really want to see him like fully embody a character and not just feel like a teenage pop star because he's still (laughs) like that was one of the weirdest parts for me is I still feel like he feels like a teenage pop star and uh, married to Florence Pugh's character who's like an adult woman. It didn't quite mesh right. Everyone was laughing at the part where they go to real life and he was like <laughs> and a he nerdy... Was like a, he was an American, not British. <laughs> He's, it was so funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they made him like this like greasy, nerdy, Reddit user type incel type listening to meninist which is like the opposite of feminist is meninist crazies online yeah getting red pilled <laughs> yeah when they were showing every time they showed him in like in the real world in the movie they, they made were, him look really ugly i think yeah, that's why <laughs> yeah and everyone was laughing everyone was like 
brought out of the film. You're like, what? That's he looks so weird. This is alternative Harry Styles. Yeah, <laughs> like alternate alt, reality, alt universe Harry Styles. <laughs> if he didn't go on on X Factor and didn't become part of One Direction. Yeah, right. Exactly. If One Direction never happened. Okay, so I just want to say also some things that kind of in the film were just like what what's going on here i don't know i think just like all of the story beats kind of were just all over the place but i think the the stupidest thing in this film i just want to say really quickly is that car chase at the end of the film there's a car chase that didn't make any sense and it was just completely stupid i think like car chases are so interesting in film, I don't know why this is the case, but recently I've been like really noticing and like paying close attention to car chase sequences. And I think this is like, I think goes in my history book of the worst car chase sequences in film that I've ever seen. Interesting. Why did you hate it so much specifically? Cause like, I don't think it was like a great car sequence, but it wasn't like- It was comical. It was like watching Austin Powers like it felt like what's happening like why okay so for instance she goes the whole sequence starts weird where, where she's told to go out and get in the car and drive away instead she walks out and she just like stands there for 10 minutes looking around and everyone's yelling and then she's like oh he's right i'm gonna get in my car and i'm gonna drive away and then at that moment everyone in red rushes out and tries to stop her the npc characters yeah no one like no one stops her while she's just standing in the middle of the cul-de-sac and just like looking around at everyone not until she gets in her car and, and successfully starts driving away that they all start to stop her two while they're driving down the guy pulls out and like tries to hit her in like the big truck she easily like goes around it and then there's like a few cars they're like oh we're gonna cut her off and take a right here and then they just like don't show up until like very later it's like why did they take a right there because it obviously didn't help them at all also we get several this this is another problem with the direction of the movie we get several shots of the um shape of the town which is this like weird spiral thing but it doesn't feel like you're driving through a spiral town at all yeah. It feels like you're driving through a normal, like, cul-de-sac or something. Exactly. And so, like, that's just a, a failure of developing the sense of space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, hold on. And they get out into the desert, because this is the next point, and the two cars are there side by side, and they're trying to, like, trap her and stop her. And then for some reason, <laughs> the doctor is in another car driving at them, and it's like, why? Why is he there, first of all? Second of all, why is he driving at them? And why is he yelling at them like, stop <laughs> her, idiot. stop her. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, she stops. And then everyone's like, oh, I'm driving at you. And then they all run into each other and they all blow up and die. That's all yeah. it felt like. I don't know. Again, I said Austin Powers. Do you remember Austin Powers when he's like in the like, what is it? The cement uh, roller thing. Yeah. And then he's like, stop. And they're just like going at him like really slowly and it's like a really long shot of just like him getting run over there were a few scenes like that where they were like when the wife comes in and it's like and she walks for like 20 minutes yes the scene (laughs) is like so long and it's comical but i so this is another problem with this film which goes solely to the directing and this is again why i want to read the script is um i don't think olivia wilde knew how to develop a sense of 
mystery or a sense of foreboding, a sense of unease, any of that. And I think she tried with several of these like holding on too long kind of takes in a very, in a way that's sort of reminiscent of something that Kubrick would do where he would like, like linger in a space until uh, in a way that made you feel uneasy, but it didn't hear. (laughs) Yeah. Everything was a little too pretty. Everything was a little too in the right place and ordered for that. And that was sort of the problem. I, I, just every aspect of this, I just think it was not fully developed from a directorial aspect. I really think the directorial aspect is what failed here. And I don't even think, like, Olivia Wilde is necessarily a terrible director. I, I, Booksmart is her other film, and that's all right. Like, that's a, I, that was her first film, and it was, I thought, pretty good for her first film. So this is a step back, <laughs> but I, I hope she gets more movies in the future. Maybe maybe stick to comedies. Maybe I don't I don't know I don't, I don't know I don't know if I can trust her after this film anymore. Because that's the thing is this is this is a horror film. It doesn't ever feel like is horror. It? Oh, yeah, it doesn't feel. It the doesn't, concept is a horror concept. Doesn't doesn't feel like horror. It doesn't even feel suspenseful. It doesn't really even feel like a thriller to me. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like a mystery, even though it should be. It should be yeah. a horror mystery. It just felt like a big waste of time. <laughs> yes. Um, and you're just kind of like... You're just re- mm. repeating nothing over and over again. It does repeat itself. It, like the same mood, the same scenes, the same thing. And not in a way that could have been like interesting. Like like if we see that they're doing things exactly the same way. This is another thing that was that could have been stolen directly from uh the Stepford Wives movie. You see that at one point. Things return to normal and they're just everything is mechanical and that's uh have you seen Stepford Wives? I have not. Should I spoil it? I haven't seen any of those films you you actually said. Other All right, I won't spoil it. Go watch Stepford Wives and it's a very similar concept. And it, it, it is directed, even the modern one is directed, actually, I think the modern one might be directed slightly even better uh, than the original one from like 1960 or something. Um, and uh, yeah, it has Nicole Kidman. She's great in it. It's fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's how you build a, a mystery. That's how you, how you use the, the, the language of cinema to tell a story <laughs> yeah exactly all right i just I, I don't i don't even know what else to say about it I, I just i know it's kind of we didn't really talk about it too much other than just like a few points i just think it's i feel like they repeat so many scenes yes. there's nothing to talk about in this podcast because it's like they're pointless shots that i feel like didn't really add anything like they were just like okay. because they had no subtext yeah. And they added nothing. Mm-hmm. If there was subtext throughout any of this film, it would have been a stronger film. And that's why I, I think it could have been a good film had there been a few different decisions made. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I, it feels like it's it's almost like at the mood board stage. Because that's what I, I kept thinking is like, you, you can tell that the, the director has these images in mind for how they're going to... Uh, show the uplink process and you can tell 
uh, they have this aesthetic in mind from these like 1950s mid-century modern movies and mid-century modern taste for for how the the world is supposed to look and you can tell a lot of these different choices are are there in their their infancy but they are not developed at all and so we're just like getting we're just getting the repeated note repeated notes of uh the same taste over and over and over again until the the third act when there's just these like random twists that don't feel earned at all yeah i think the character doesn't earn it the like the story doesn't earn it like there's nothing that kind of leads to it it's just i that's the other thing that i thought of like why now like why her there's so many like things that just felt like not explained and didn't make sense that why did she start falling out i guess because of the song but it didn't like we never could explain the song at all. i mean we kind of do they they show what the song is finally at, at some point it was a billy holiday song but we don't really get the significance of it or how it relates to their relationship is what i think it was supposed to relate to is i guess it was a song that they listened to prior to them being uploaded <laughs> to this thing they're not uploaded they're She's like, that was another thing is I wanted a scene after this movie ended to see her take those weird eye things off, see her dead husband lying next to her and, you know, the people in the real world are presumably coming after her that are a part of this weird secret society. Like, there's so much left on this table that is so juicy that you could play with. Even the character that Olivia Wilde is playing has such an interesting perspective on this whole thing because she's the only woman in there that chose this herself and it's like briefly mentioned that she has kids that died in the real world and here they're they're alive in in this perfect world so now her whole backstory is just about that instead of like kind of going deeper into this like trauma experience and then explaining how it corrupted itself and that's why she feels guilty and that's why she's now changed her mind at the end is uh you know helping basically destroy this world now <laughs> yeah i mean yeah or uh, so, i don't know i mean i don't even know if they're gonna come after her because the one lady like killed chris pine randomly oh yeah that's right uh, and is like that also came out of nowhere it's not even memorable because it came out of nowhere although Gemma john had one of the only good good moments in this movie that i was actually fully engaged with which was the at the dinner scene? party where she fights back and calls out Florence Pugh's character that was fun I enjoyed that moment yeah that I think that dinner scene maybe was the best part of the film for me yes I I felt like it it felt interesting but it was like way too late where I didn't even care anymore yeah you know what was also annoying about this film is the entire press that Olivia Wilde was giving was like this is all this is like so much sex in this movie and it's all from the vantage point of women and it's like like there's like two and a half sex scenes and then we get like like Adida Von T's strip show in the middle of it which I wanted to see more of actually like they cut away from it in like the weirdest most awkward way and then we get that weird scene of of Harry Styles dancing like a monkey yeah <laughs> it's just so random like I I and that that also was a scene where it gave um unexpected gave made me think that Harry Styles's character was also trapped in here and an unwilling participant and he was like a monkey being like controlled by Chris Pine's character I mean I guess he's a which was a more interesting in movie I guess 
like, I don't know, could have been a more interesting movie. I don't know. His character just kind of being like, oh, he's an incel type man who enslaved his wife is not that interesting. It, it's 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 kind of the first thought I had when I saw the trailer. And I feel like it's like the sexual politics of like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, the women are locked in the kitchen. Not even 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. The women are locked in the kitchen. They can't get away. They're just slaves to their men. That's not really today's issues. Yeah. Not not so much, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's... But I, I do want to... You said something very important there, which was uh, the press. I don't know. Do you know much about the press? Like, or the, the drama behind this? this? So there's several stages of the drama. <laughs> so early on, the very first drama was uh, was about Shia LaBeouf, who was cast as Harry, uh, Styles, Harry Styles' character. He parted ways with the project due to creative differences. That's all we really know. He says something, they say something, she says something. It's, it's a very he-said-she-said said situation yeah. where we're not very clear about who is in the fault. It kind of seems like everybody's just an immature asshole. That's <laughs> all I can see. And uh, the only one that seemed to not really... Uh, uh, do anything wrong here was Florence Pugh who who I think stated that she didn't like the way she butted heads with the way that um, Shia LaBeouf acts which is like a, he, he, he's one of the, the, the method guys who takes it too far is how yeah. I was interpreting what everything was saying. Mm-hmm. So that happened early on. So the production was kind of chaotic because of that. Um, and it, it seems like there was some contention between Olivia Wilde, who really wanted Shia LaBeouf in this for some reason, and how she may or may not have sort of uh, undermined Florence Pugh a little bit. And then it got kind of weird too, because then Shia LaBeouf does leave the project, and then now Harry Styles is in this, and Harry Styles is dating Olivia Wilde. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that. It's all a little like power dynamically weird um mm-hmm. and then the most recent dramas have all been about the way they are doing press for this film and specifically that florence Pugh is not joining didn't join any of the castmates for the initial press run or the the lead up to the premiere of this film mm-hmm. and uh yeah but every all the cast members including florence Pugh, say it's nothing she's just She's working on Dune, which is a, a her next big movie that, well, maybe not the next big movie that she has that's coming out, but it's going to be a big movie that's coming out in the next couple of years uh, that they're currently shooting. Um, mm-hmm. And she has a big major role in that. So she is just very busy. But that doesn't seem to be <laughs> totally accurate as she seems to, as one time she posted social media on social media, like herself on vacation in Venice during the Venice International Film Festival. It's not one of the festivals. So she posted that she was like in the city that they had this festival, but she was on vacation at the, like within 15 minutes of them doing the presser for that film. So she clearly was not busy at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then later there was some fun, like weird camera angle thing where it looked like where it looked like Harry Styles like spat on Chris Pine. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. It really looked like it in the video too. Like the way that Chris Pine reacted was so funny. <laughs> I actually haven't even seen any of this, so I kind of want to check it out because I heard it's a wild story, man. I heard that. Uh, I heard the Chris Pine thing. Oh, I forgot one of the other early things, but continue. 
Oh, I just, like, I just heard that there's a lot of back and forth between people, like, really slowing it down and, like, yes. taking it frame by frame to see what's happening. Um, but, um, which is also funny because Chris Pine, I think I also heard, made a statement saying that he didn't sp- get spat on. He said it was just a weird moment. Like, it just got, like, the, the camera angle makes it look weird, but nothing happened. But then, like, Harry Styles did a show recently where he said, like, oh, or where he said that, like, oh, I, I'm glad I'm back on tour or some of that like I just came back from spitting on Chris Pine or some of that which was probably a joking. joke but like still it was like kind of people raising their eyebrows to it so um, I, I, a lot of people have this theory that they're doing uh, that all of this has been one big stunt to try and market the movie because it kind of maybe sort of related to the, the trailers of the film. When you watch the film, it, it becomes pretty clear that that's not like none of the things that are that they were doing for this press release tour have any real bearing on the, the story of the film. So I, I don't think that's the case. But I do think towards the end here, they have been playing it up in order to create a media frenzy around this film. But the thing that I, I was going to okay. say is that early on in uh, very beginning of the press of this film, like several months ago, uh, Olivia Wilde was served um, divorce papers on stage, like oh, live. I heard about that too. Yeah. While <laughs> giving presser for this movie. Yeah, that's uh, kind of hilarious. From actually. Jason Stakis, and it was horrible. <laughs> so just, just everything about this is chaos. Yeah, just like the film itself. So. Man, what a crazy, crazy film in a, in the worst way possible. Yeah. But anyways, I guess really quickly, let's just give our final concession concession score for this film. Should I go first? Are you gonna surprise what I'm gonna give it? What score I'm gonna give this movie? I I mean I'm assuming you're giving it a raisinette. <laughs> Wait, what? You didn't you didn't think I was gonna give it a peanut M and M? Did I read your mind? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Kind of. I would say this is Raisinets that you bought, and then you open it up, but you open up too quickly, and then you spilled half the bag. There's a whole narrative to this. Yeah, it's just like, you know, you're like, well, I guess I'm just not and really And then you eating. fell down a, a manhole, and then man-eating crocodiles ate you, ate you and then or ate your legs, and then you crawled away army style yeah. uh, into a vat of molten goo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and you, then you, you gain superpowers, but they're not useful superpowers. They like turn you into like a puddle of water. <laughs> yeah, and your life is just destroyed and worse. Form of water. Yeah, you. Yeah, exactly that situation. That's what I. That's the ranking that I give this film. Actually, uh, it turns you into a puddle of raisinets. Yes, you 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 become <laughs> that raisinette exactly. that you dropped in the movie theater that again gets swept up and then gets put in another box of raisinettes because that's how terrible they are. And you're sentient, but also in all these little pieces, and you're just like suffering for all of eternity. Wow, that sounds like a more interesting movie than we just watched. <laughs> Raisinette Man. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it now. Exactly. But right. I agree with you. Raisinette film. Okay. Cool. We agree. It might be... I think this might have been the lowest ranked movie that we've reviewed so uh, so far. Yeah. I just think this movie is like several iterations before ready to be released. It, yeah. It, it just needs to some more time to bake. 
Yeah, I think the one scene that very well depicts this film is the, the part where Harry Styles is cooking dinner and he's trying to mash the uncooked potatoes with a bottle of whiskey. I think like that kind of sums up this film. It It's chaotic, it's crazy, it doesn't make sense, and it feels like you're trying to mash potatoes with a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> so there you go. That is our impressions on uh, this film. It's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, don't watch making mashed potatoes wrong. Yeah. You need some butter. You need to boil those potatoes. Boil it. Whoa! Whoever thought of such a thing? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyways, I just I wanted to see the potential. I think it's it has some nice ish cinematography, but it's kind of soulless because it's. You know, it's clear they're just like, oh, this is the aesthetic we want, but it, it it didn't have any bearing on the meaning or storytelling. Like, it's just nothing about this feels developed at all, and I'm just over it. End of show. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> We've already talked too much about yeah. this film. All right. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Concession Impressions. The show is hosted and produced by Charles Helwick and myself, Michelangelo White. Music in this episode was created by Joe Park. The show logo and editing was done by the fabulous Yumi White. Let us know your concession impressions on Twitter or on Instagram at Film Cookbook. I'm really interested to hear what people think could have made this film better. Also, I want to know what your thoughts are. Did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? Let us know. Twitter, Instagram, at Film Cookbook. I hope you all have a great week. Until next time, bye-bye. Really wonderful.